This is the GMC Software Inspirecast, your weekly source for breaking news on customer communications and customer experience technology trends, featuring your host, Mirza Beg. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all our listeners out there for the Inspirecast podcast. I'm your host, Mirza Beg, with GMC Software, and we are returning once again to focus on customer experience for business and brands. And I am pleased to have my uh, colleague from GMC Software have uh, be here with us once again, all the way from Paris, France. And we have Antoine Hillon Laurent join us once again. He is with our product marketing team, and his focus is on product strategy and also to focus on mobile solutions, customer engagement, and digital signatures particularly for the banking space. So, Antoine, as always, thank you for making the time and welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Mirza. I'm very pleased to be here again and I look forward to having a good interaction with you right now. Awesome, Antoine. So let's do a deep dive now into disruptive technology. Now, this has been somewhat of an ongoing theme for this podcast because Customer experience is being disrupted right now by consumers, and consumers are so in tune. They're tied to the hip with their mobile phone, with their uh, personal assistants at home, be it maybe Alexa Echo or the new Google Home or the Apple HomeKit that's going to be released soon. All of these Mm -hmm. things now, all of these pressures are being forced upon the banks in a big way, Antoine. So tell us, Mm -hmm. what are some of the big three that the banks can expect in terms of major forces of disruption? Right. So, so, yes, there are lots of major forces of disruption in the banking industry, and I would say we'll expand to uh, the the insurance industry. uh, first and, and foremost, yeah, that we know the fintech uh, industry itself uh, that represents more than 20 billion US dollars uh, of investment in the last few years. Um, also, measured in thousands of fintechs out there in London, in, in New York, in, in Shanghai, in, in Singapore, are actually going after the banks themselves. Uh, they try to go for low hanging fruits where they the revenue of these banks are, and, 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 and they obviously are smart and agile, and, and they could be disruption for them. So the question is not so, so much whether or the banks can resist or not resist. Yeah, the, the, the thing is that uh, these new fintechs, uh, whether uh, being successful or not yet successful, are showing uh, a, a new way. They're showing how customer experience can be taken seriously and how can it can be disruptive for their own market. The other things that we can see, we can see artificial intelligence uh, coming in uh, very strongly uh, with uh, good experiences already happening. We can also see the blockchain uh, that is definitely making an impact with, uh, with uh, cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoins or Ethereum's, I mean, I don't know if you follow that here, yeah, but the, 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 the exchange rate of Bitcoins have just gone through the roof, uh, multiplied by more than 10 
in the last few months. So all these are, are, are things really disrupting the industry. With that said, something that is very important to mention is that uh, still banks are heavily regulated. Uh, they have to run a day-to-day -day business uh, that is uh, um, uh, running off legacy systems, uh, running off using uh, 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 an organization with a strong culture. Uh, things are difficult to move forward. Uh, it's, it's sometimes um, uh, uh, difficult for some of the people working within banks to be able to implement these new uh, solutions that would be handled, that would be able to embrace these new technologies or to fight uh, the competition out there. So what you can see is that uh, the often uh, large enterprises would uh, run a two-speed type of uh, operation. They would have people that are really focusing on the core business, um, and looking after uh, IT, uh, legacy systems. They would be uh, uh, really uh, uh, maximizing revenue from the core existing uh, uh, products and services that they have uh, really focus on compliance, focus on, uh, uh, on on making sure that the operation is sustainable and, and, and so on. And the second thing that you would see is that you would uh, see innovation hubs uh, like at uh, BBVA, for example, running uh, an innovation hub in uh, in um, in Boston or in Madrid, uh, and or you would see um, organization having uh, garage teams, uh, or uh, we call that web teams, that re really look after mobile enablement. Uh, they will be looking after web uh, uh, communication, uh, websites, uh, uh, websites, and mobile websites. All that that obviously will help them to move towards uh, a better customer engagement, and that uh, obviously will uh, be uh, what people expect nowadays in terms of customer experience. So now, Antoine, give us some real-life examples, some current examples of artificial intelligence in play right now at the banks, uh, things like robo-advisors, things like chatbots. Uh, is mm -hmm. this just hype? Is this happening? Uh, has this become so commonplace now that we're not even recognizing it's there? What, what is it? The reality is that it is not hype. Uh, this is something that uh, is there, and uh, I would say that uh, everybody working in the innovation department of uh, these large banks or insurances would look after. Uh, they, they, they have their eyes on it, they understand the, uh, the, the potential for disruption attached to it, and obviously they are trying to run uh, the run test. For example, I was uh, talking to a fairly large organization managing uh, life insurance products. They receive more than 2 million incoming uh, claims on a yearly basis. And they have to manage uh, that by the means of receiving documents, of receiving emails, of receiving phone calls. And what they are doing, they're testing right now, is to manage emails, to be very specific, to manage uh, to connect artificial, artificial intelligence to the incoming emails. So they're not going to be managing 100% of the incoming emails, but they might be able to manage a small percentage of them uh, and to 
start interacting with customers directly with a piece of software at the back of the, the, uh, the, 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 the email server. And what happens there is that the, by qualifying better the requests coming to, from the, 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 the customer, they can then better redirect users on what is most important or, or information they need to provide. They speed up uh, the, uh, the entire process and they make it a lot more efficient uh, to run. So now, Antoine, tell us about robotics. Is robotics a part, a part of AI? Are they going to run call centers? Again, educate us here. Tell us a little bit more. People are genuinely scared that AI and robotics will replace jobs, but give us some definition around this. Yeah, so um, it's sure that uh, AI and robotics will be uh, replacing jobs. It is already replacing jobs to a certain extent, and, and uh, even if the impact is minimal at this, at this point in time, uh, it is very likely that in the coming years, uh, it is going to have a very significant impact on, on, on workforce. Yeah. And the, 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 the interesting thing is that uh, what workforce will it impact? I mean, this, that artificial intelligence is about providing intelligent answers. So obviously, it will impact the number of people that today feel not necessarily a threat. So the question is that, with robotics and artificial intelligence is what type of, of, of interface do we deliver to our customers so that they can interact with enterprises in a way that is meaningful for them, easy, that delivers the customer experience level that they expect. Um, and, and that is the whole story about robotics as we understand it attached to artificial intelligence. So let's move away from, from uh, Terminator and all these type of things here. Yeah? And let's focus on things that are extremely concrete here. Yeah? I'm going to send an email, as I mentioned before, to my bank or to my insurance, and I'm going to get an answer from it that will be um, uh, fast and that will uh, request more, uh, more information about me. I will be responding back, and that will, this process will go back and forth until I fully qualify uh, the, uh, the the the, um, the 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 information I needed to uh, to deliver. This process today happens in most cases with a human at the back of uh, the process here, answering to me as a person. But tomorrow it will be uh, artificial intelligence that will be able to interpret my wording and respond back to me in a meaningful way. Now. The robotic aspect of that here will be obviously this bot or this interface that exists between me and that, mm, that machine that answers to me. Email is an example, but there could be also um, uh, a chatbot uh, in Messenger, uh, in, uh, in WeChat, in uh, WhatsApp, in uh, uh, Snapchat at some point, we'll see. So these are the type of things that delivers the interface needed to interact with the machine so that you can get the right level of answers that you expect. Got it. So it's all about customer engagement, all about this interaction, as you say. So we've been mm -hmm. talking at length now about email, which is essentially data, um, mm -hmm. a, a call coming in, which can be 
data. Uh, you know, you're interacting with a mobile app, which is again at the sake of sounding mm-hmm. like a broken record data. But mm-hmm. about all of this data, it's a huge, unprecedented amount of data. Is there some way to kind of provide knowledge to all of this data or some kind of database or a ledger? It, it, would this be blockchain, as you referred to very early on? Do a deep dive now into blockchain for our listeners. What is it exactly and what does it mean for a bit, the banking space? All right. So, <clears throat> uh, so we, let's talk about blockchain, but let me address first um, data as a, as, as a big topic here, and I'll be very quick about that here, because one of big story about uh, artificial intelligence is accessing a huge amount of data. If you access a huge amount of data, you are able then to run interesting scripts and you can be able to deliver a meaningful type of uh, artificial intelligence. If you are running of a small amount of data, you can have really good scripting, you can have really good interpretation of data, but that will be less meaningful as if you access a large database. So a lot of the banks and insurances uh, of this world that interest us will have to collect data, whether structured or unstructured, in a way so that it can be interpreted at a later point by artificial intelligence if they want to be able to cut their cost base. Now, having said that, and moving on to your question about the blockchain here. The blockchain, as everybody knows, I suppose, is that it's really about enabling peer-to-peer type of services. The, the, the story here is about cutting the third party or the trusted party out of the equation, as the blockchain is some sort of ledger that is able to record any transaction between parties. And the good thing about that here is that obviously you can easily exchange money. Uh, and what, that is the first type of uh, interesting application running off the blockchain. And it is called Bitcoins. Uh, there are other cryptocurrencies such as Ethereum, for example, also running off the blockchain uh, with some specificities. And we'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah. But so currency seems to be something getting a lot of traction. The Bitcoins as the Bitcoin's value has increased by uh, factor 10 in the last few months, moving from a few hundred dollars to now thousands of dollars, I think is above $2,000 right now. And uh, the, the disrupting aspect of that for banks is obviously uh, in, a, in a world that seems to go uh, cashless, if I may say, uh, the cryptocurrency may uh, have a very strong impact in the way People are exchanging, are paying, are actually uh, uh, yeah, accessing uh, money. And obviously, banks have to be careful with it. And for speaking with uh, them, I understand that uh, not, if not all, at least large banks have projects to better understand how to make use of blockchain. And there are, there are uh, a number of, uh, of uh, trials that are happening. Uh, they are using at the moment blockchain for uh, settlement uh, when they're talking about uh, uh, back office type of transactions. Uh, but they are they still have to find uh, the, the right way of using this technology for uh, services that could be customer facing. And as I said, because it is about peer to peer and it is about removing the trusted party out of the equation, the, this might become difficult for for banks to find the right solution there, but they're working on it. So now, Antoine, 
uh, we're going to wrap up this session. It has been very, very insightful. Uh, a wide range of topics as it relates to data, as it relates to some of these disruptive technologies, whether it's AI or robotics or blockchain. What are some of your final thoughts? If any one of our listeners, be they a chief digital officer or maybe a CMO looking at the overall customer experience, or even a CIO, what would be your parting message to them? How can they embrace all of this disruption? Um, what would be some of the steps that they take? Do they just keep going with their digital teams? Uh, or is there some more guidance that you can provide? You are in the trenches. You are talking to the banks. What guidance can you provide them? That's an interesting one. So for me, clearly, I think that uh, uh, this is something to uh, to keep eyes on because uh, this is definitely coming and this is coming faster than anything we've seen before. And uh, one of the reasons for that is because obviously of the um, efficiency gains of the, uh, the, 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 the type of new customer experience that can be delivered, can be delivered at the back of it. And obviously, um, uh, technology uh, becoming uh, ready, it, it will, this process will speed up. Now, I think there is nothing to be scared at this time. And what we need to do is really to take things step by step. We need to connect legacy type processes, legacy operations that uh, um, CIOs or or digital officials are looking after today and include as part of the customer experience these new technologies such as artificial intelligence, robotics, so that for example very concretely they can better engage customers with their bank or their insurance. In other terms, in a mobile application or website or, um, or through bots that we talked about before, they can now connect part of the interactions to this artificial intelligence that will start deliver value back to their customers and therefore reduce the cost base of running their own operations. That's one thing I would do. The second thing is I also would like to mention that uh, still today and for some time, there will be a fair amount of uh, regulatory uh, and uh, uh, no, uh, there, there will be a fair amount of uh, regulations to comply with and obviously this is where GMC is helping because we can help deliver the right level of communication documents or, um, or interactions with, uh, uh, with customers to be able to, uh, to uh, uh, have the right level of service that is expected we can help also plug these interfaces with artificial intelligence as we explained before. Great, Antoine. I, I love it. It is really all about the interactions, which mean engagement, engaging your customers and collecting all of those legacy processes and systems and having an eye on the overall customer experience, include the technology include the technology, whether it's a chatbot or whether it's some form of AI, some better form of mobile engagement, so that at the end of the day, you are delivering that right level of service, that right 
customer communication, that right uh, omni-channel kind of seamless experience always on the consumer's device and or platform of choice. It all comes down to interactions, as Antoine so wisely said. Antoine, great, great guidance. So you are welcome back to the show anytime, my friend. Um, do give a big shout out to all of my colleagues uh, in the Paris office. I love each and every one of them. And uh, we'll wrap up today's show. So Antoine, thank you once again. Thank you. All right. So for all our listeners, you can always uh, find the InspireCast podcast on your sound platform of choice, whether it is iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, or even SoundCloud. So tune in and tune in often. Every episode has a focus on customer experience for business and brands. This is your host, Mirza Beg, signing off. Bye for now. Ciao.